Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hope everybody's having a good Monday. A little wet in the area, rain coming. Hopefully you get enough rain, not too much. I think it's going to pretty much rain all day. I don't think it's going to be too crazy, but be careful out there. Remember to stop a little quicker. Things can get a little slick. Things can get a little crazy, and not just in the world of football. Oh my goodness, it is a full-on therapy Monday. And here we go. Chad and Zay, Monday. November 14th. After that, 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 and that, and whoever you root for, probably that happened. I'm Chad Hastings, joined, as always, by Isaiah Collier. His Bowie Bulldogs are done in football, and his Texas Longhorns did that. Zay, how are you? Oh, good grief. It was a tough week. Tough weekend. Shout out to my dogs. Hell of a season. Proud of y'all. Proud of those seniors. Coach Abel's. Not proud of the Texas Longhorns. Proud of that defense. Damn sure ain't proud of that offense. Mm. And Steve Sarkeesian. You know what? Um, Bowie put up, put up more of a fight than I thought they would. Yeah. It was a good fight. Yeah. That good was a battle. That was. That was a good battle. Vandergriff had to uh, had to score that one late to, to get the difference, correct? Uh, I don't know I the say, specifics. I think it was 21-14. Okay. Before they scored that last one. Yeah, I was at the Round Rock Lake Travis game. Ooh, yeah, and you got to see that one. Man, yo, Lake Travis. Halftime speech. I, 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 I was <laughs> impressed. I was impressed. That backup quarterback, I don't know his name. Homeboy's got some juice. Is that Leon? I think so. Right? Yeah, no Kate 12. Yeah. Uh-huh. Homeboy's yeah, yeah. got some juice. He was shimmying and shaking like Dion used to do and stuff like that. But as a quarterback, yeah, yeah he put some passes on the money in. We'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Flex ATX time. But we, yeah. we definitely will. One thirty, we'll get our flex segment in there as Lake Travis, Vandergriff, and LBJ all advance. So we get to the area round of the playoffs this week, but you still have places right here in the area you can go see those teams uh, not too far away for really any of the three. We'll get to all of that. We will get to the two big circus tents, the two big brands that we deal with around here, the Longhorns and the Cowboys, both suffering losses and uh, throwing some drama at their fan bases. We will definitely get to all of that. Before we go any further, though, Unfortunately, we have to start on a slightly serious note, but let's just send all our best thoughts and prayers and and whatever else you can to Virginia, to Charlottesville, Virginia, the Virginia football team dealing with something that is it's hard to comprehend, but the way I'm understanding this is there are three Virginia football players that are dead today that have been shot and killed. There are two other Virginia football players that have been shot and injured and had to go to the hospital. And there's a former 
Virginia football player that is in custody and is suspected of killing and injuring those people. Zay, unbelievable oh, story. Yeah. This all happened last night, by the way. Yeah, it's so sad and just can't imagine what that coaching staff and the team and the whole university is going through and all you could do is pray for them and yeah this is just where we are right now in the world and you just gotta cherish every day i know that might be the cliche thing to say but if you are in an argument with your significant other or have a friend in the argument with you're not talking to somebody man let all that stuff go because it's not worth it life is too short we all know that and all you could do is cherish each day and take it day by day but yeah what's going on in virginia yeah, my heart goes out to everybody out there. I do not know exactly how this football team is going to handle the situation in terms of you know what's next. I did read that the basketball team uh, had a game scheduled tonight. They're, they've canceled that game. And they have Coastal Carolina coming up this Saturday. They finish with their rival game at Virginia Tech. As soon as I saw that, I was, rem- I was reminded of the horrible shooting at Virginia Tech yeah. years ago. Yeah. Uh, so their rival has been through this, uh, through something at least – Sadly, you know, similar to it. Uh, are they going to play that game? Are they going to play the rivalry game? Are they going to try to use it as a way to heal, or are they just going to kind of, you know, back away and, and deal with it uh, privately? We will find that out. But again, thoughts and prayers going out to Virginia today. Just a horrible, horrible story. All right, uh, let's crank it up with the spec set piece, and we'll start digging through what happened to the burn orange and that blue star. Here we go. The Specs Set Piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. When it comes to savings, Specs leads the league with a larger selection at lower prices. Specs, official partner of Austin FC. All right, so many of you that are listening right now are like Isaiah, and you are a Longhorn fan. You bleed burn orange. They are the most important college football team to you. And many of you listening right now are like me. And you are a Dallas Cowboys fan, and there's nothing more important to you on a Sunday than what happens to the Dallas Cowboys. And then there's a group of you that are both of those things at the same time. So it is a full-on Therapy Monday after the Longhorns fall 17-10 to TCU. Good God, Sonny Dykes has a 10-0 football team right now, and the Cowboys lost 31-28. Zay, let's start with Texas here. I said I would be thoroughly impressed. If TCU found a way to pull it off, to re-energize again, to fill up that cup one more time, and they did it again. They found a way to do enough in a second half to just score a little more than that other team. It was ugly as hell for basically the whole game, but they won by a touchdown in the end, and they are still undefeated. Yeah, shout out to Sonny Dykes on the defensive side, the coordinator, Gillespie, like that team. And they, we've been talking about it all last week, Chad. They're nothing to write home about. They give up a lot of big time plays, but man, they looked like the 85 Bears on, uh, on Saturday. And they were setting the tone and doing things that um, probably isn't the right football play, but just kind of setting the tone for the game type plays. There was one situation that stands out for me where JT Sanders, you know how he goes in motion to pull for, you know, one of those blocks for Bijan Robinson. One of those linebackers and the 3-3-5 defense, that's the horns. They really struggle with that, especially Quinn Ewers. But one of the linebackers came up and Bijan went through the gap and instead of shedding 
JT Sanders and tackling Bijan, the dude just blows up JT Sanders. Mm-hmm. Just blows him up. And I'm like, yo, man, that, that's some scary stuff because that that's setting the tone for the whole entire game. Like, hey, we're here. We don't give a damn. So that's that early on. That's early, early on. on. The yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't give a damn that y'all favored in this game. We don't give a damn. How about all the five stars and four stars y'all have? We're coming to play yeah. because everybody is still doubting us, even though TCU, we should be favored. That's how they're looking at things, especially being in the uh, college football playoff top four. So, you know, on the other side for the horns, just very disappointing. That defense. They played their ass off, and PK was dealing, calling you know corner blitzes. Ryan Watts had a terrific game. Uh, uh, Jade Barron, I thought he was terrific too. He de- had that scoop, sc- uh, uh, fumble score on the Max Duggan, you know, just weird play. But we saw Josh Allen have a weird play, so the pros could do it too. But yeah, five sacks, fourteen tackles for loss, seventeen points given up. And your offense can only put up three. Like, come on, man. Right. And you know, we we always we talk about the second half woes, which we should. That's been a thing, but that should have shown us that hey, against the wrong team, that could happen throughout four quarters. We could see that throughout four quarters if Steve Sarkeesian doesn't have the right game plan and doesn't have his famous twenty-five scripted plays prepared. Which he's usually really good at that, but Gillespie and Sonny Dykes were like, "Hell no, not today. We're gonna stop Bijan Robinson, and we're gonna force your quarterback, who is very young, very inexperienced, doesn't have the best mechanics, doesn't have the best uh, 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 attitude at times, doesn't have the best posture. Hell, I made a jokingly tweet about him on the phone. He just it just doesn't look good, and I get it. That's how he rolls. He's one of those cool cats. You never see right. when he gets down." That's kind of see when he gets it's up. kind of that blank but it doesn't look, look. good when you're yeah. just going bad mm-hmm. like I, you know I want to see you talking on the sideline to the your teammates and stuff like that it's just and in the whole offense you know they they feed off from that they sure. feed off when things are going wrong and Steve Sarkeesian didn't do him no favors by for one keeping them in the game I know I was talking about keeping Quinn Ewers in the game against Oklahoma State because I wanted to see something from him, and I didn't know if the team was mentally tough enough as a whole to handle Quinn Ewers being taken out the game and having Hudson Carr being right. pulled in the game for the rest of the season. Would so, you, so you would have thought about it this Saturday? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. Because first time, shame on you. Shame on you, Quinn Ewers. Second time, Sark. Shame on me. You've seen that before. Right. And I know it wasn't 30 missed attempts, but it was 20. And the and the, the, the other thing I keep thinking in those situations, we watched Lincoln Riley. We've watched Lincoln Riley make an interesting move in a game, in a, in a rival game, when he pulled Spencer Rattler. Obviously the big, you know, the, the Nick Saban thing. But the thing I kept thinking watching that game, both games that we're talking about here, is like, okay, this isn't baseball. It's not. It's not soccer. In those two sports, when you leave, you're done. It's over. This is football. You could take him out for a drive. Hey, Steve Spurrier would tell you you could take him out for a play and then put him back in. Steve used to do that with quarterbacks. Right. So there are options out there. It's just weird. We see it again, Zay, where he's presented with the same problem and he is choosing to solve it the same way, which is I'm still taking those shots. 
to loosen up a defense to run the ball. If we don't hit those shots, well, we don't hit those shots. That's kind of been the answer. This time it was 22 incompletions. 17 for 39, and you only ran the ball 22 times. That is a bad minus 17 in my head. Only six times in the second half you only ran the ball. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm, completely gave, gave up on it. I hadn't counted that one up yet. That's bad. We were talking about That's B. John getting to New York last week. Right. That has gone out the window. Yes. See you later. That ain't coming back. That, I'm, and well, hey, at the end of the day, wins count more. And, you know, I said 8-4 and four at the beginning of the season. I did. But now that you're sitting at 6-4 and four and you still have an opportunity to go 8-4, and four, it's not guaranteed – Going into Lawrence ne- uh, this Saturday, that's going to be a dogfight. What we saw this past weekend, right. that's going to be a dogfight. We know that uh, Dave Aranda's crew coming <laughs> in on Friday right after Thanksgiving. Yeah. We all going to be full and stuff, giving thanks. That's going to be a damn dogfight too. So those two aren't are given. But still, this 6-4 and four team, what makes it so frustrating, Chad, is the talent ain't 6-4. and four. The talent, in a way, could be undefeated. If certain things go their right way, from the Bijan Robinson fumble, the Texas Tech, and all the mishaps there, and then you know just could Sark of uh, put in Quinn Ewers in the Oklahoma State game or made it easier for him, which, like you said, he just doesn't do that. Yeah. I don't get it. it's just it's, he's just is he's just stubborn. I don't know. It doesn't because like, it, it, it doesn't have to be changed the quarterback. It doesn't have to, but there need to be some kind of adjustments. The other scary thing is we're switching uh, just switching out shows. Jeff Howe laid one on me that I hadn't thought of. He said. How many targets did Bijan get in the passing game? And I said, well, I didn't rewatch the game because it was so ugly, but I was like, it had to be less than three, if at all. And he said, yeah, you're three too many. They didn't target him one time no. in the passing game? No. So, I, you know, there, there's certain, and that game was. And it wasn't like, but there were times where he was open in the passing game. Oh, there was yeah. that one shot on that wheel route oh. that Herb Street put out where, you know, he yep. was wide open. Yep. Wide open, and instead Quinn threw it to J.T. Sanders. Yes, it was a first down, but with what they did in the red zone, which they didn't give the ball to Bijan Robinson in the red zone, Roshan got it one time in the red zone. I don't think he's going for the Heisman race. I love Roshan I'll continue to say I love Roshan Johnson. I love the leader that he is, but he ain't the back Bijan Robinson is. You have to give him at least a third of the touches more than uh, 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 Rojo. I love everything else he brings to the table. That's cool. But, yeah, Quinn completely missed Bijan on that wheel route. And, yeah, he got bumped. But when he got bumped, the defender fell on the ground. Bijan stayed up at yeah. his six-foot-something 222. That's how he ended up wide open, and, but, he, open. but he missed him. Uh, and for that matter, I'm not sure how many targets there were, but I don't remember many of them. Roshan Johnson did not have a catch in the game, and uh, Keelan Robinson did not have a catch in the game. Whittington Sanders worthy. That's it. Three guys caught passes the entire ballgame. 17-10, to 10, the score. Now here's a angle I hadn't thought of before. A texter saying, can we just say Sark isn't the guy? Move him to OC and put Gary at head coach slash DC. Whoa, wait, y'all whoa, wildin'. wait. Yeah, y'all wildin' on that one. Whoa. I don't know about that one. Okay. Because <laughs> this was a game where Sark's side of the ball ended up being the issue. Like you said, that defense played its ass off. That defense, you know, really jumped out there. In fact, I, um, I joked at halftime on Twitter that it looks like Texas is ready for the SEC in the early to mid-90s. 
But let's be realistic about what we what we watched. Was it ugly? Yeah, it was. That's kind of an SEC game in a lot of ways. Anybody see the final score of the Golden Boot game? LSU beat Arkansas 13-10. to Those happened. Saban went to Arkansas a few years ago and won 14-13. to Heck, Auburn and A&M, really bad teams right now. They just, <laughs> they just played a 13-10 to game. Just an ugly, weird bar fight of a game. Those happen in the conference you're going to go into in a few years. TCU got themselves out of an SEC-styled game in Austin and won it. And what I wanted to see was Texas just bow up and say, win or lose. We're going to win or lose with five, seven, and two. That's what we're going to do here. We're going to give our defense a little bit of rest because they're busting their ass. And we're going to find ways for our running backs to beat on them. And they just couldn't figure out a way to do it. And Zay, I hate to be the old man football stat guy once again. But Texas allowed TCU to have the ball for 37 minutes. Way too long. 37 minutes. That can't happen. Not when your DNA is supposed to be running. Not when your best player is supposed to be going to New York. And you're right. That's done now. That is over. It can't happen. I thought it was a little bit laughable earlier in the season off, off of that Tech game. He, it was getting to the point where if you kept doing it, if you kept giving him the 20 carries to 30 carries, and he kept he was going to be your workhorse – Maybe you had a shot in this kind of crazy college football year. Not now. Not with four losses and not the way they looked. You just lost You just lost your fourth game. He had 12 carries, 2.4 a carry, and you didn't even care to make him a part of your passing attack. Yeah, and I pointed out JT Sanders getting blown up early, but the whole offensive line, this might have been their worst performance this season, and I definitely think that affected Quinn Ewers and just, you know, he had those plays where he just dropped the ball. One of those times in the red zone on the second down, he just loses the ball, almost fumbles it, and that big man from TCU almost recovers it. Yeah. And there was another play where he just fumbled the ball again, and that, that goes back to, like, being locked in. Is he is he all there with putting Hudson Card at this point? Because we've seen him like this before to where it gets no better. And to just say F the run game, you're only going to give your running back six carries, hell, six touches in the second half. That's so crazy. And then put everything. When the halftime score is three to nothing. You're right there. You're right <laughs> three there. Three nothing. You're right there. Ugh. You could blow it open any time with a couple big plays like TCU had. They blew it open because all they needed was a couple of big plays that came off of unfortunate circumstances. And I'm talking about the Jared Wiley missed uh, a holding call where Max Duggan ran for the fir- first down. Yep. John A. Barron got held like hell and they just missed it. Jared yeah. Wiley laughing on the sideline and stuff like that which makes me so mad because <laughs> oh, yeah. he was here last year and that makes me so mad he gets this win and, yep but and then a couple plays later Kendra Miller 75 yard touchdown fast forward the Marvion Overshone going for a block punt my man the punter Gosh, man, he's from Australia. He might as well be from uh, France or Spain, one of those Euro countries he, where they're he knew crazy when, at flopping. He knew when to crumble, didn't he? It's like— He timed that crumble very well. It was such—because it's not natural. It's kind of like in basketball, the Zaza Pachulia-Kawhi Leonard play— <laughs> 
Right, Kawhi right, goes yeah, yeah. up and he comes down. Zaza invaded his space. But if Kawhi was to lean forward or jump forward, then that should exit that out. If the punter kicks it with the right and he's in the air and then somehow does a Booker T karate chop kick with the left, <laughs> the scissor kick, which was my move. Five times. Five times. Five times. Time. World. <laughs> Heavyweight <laughs> champion. Yes. The scissor kick. That was my move. Homeboy had it down. He kicked with the right. DeMarvion Overshone went under, but then he does the scissor kick with the left and just falls. And kudos to Sonny Dykes because that's a coaching thing. He was getting on them like yes. crazy. He set him up on, for he it. Set he totally up. set him up. He set him up. That's hey, a coaching that, play. Dude, you should hey, be coach of the year just for that. Do you know how many times at the Dykes family table at Thanksgiving and Christmas they talk about stuff like that? He's been thinking about stuff like Yo, that since he was probably six years old. Yes, that happened early when Keaton Crawford, who got bumped into the kicker, that wasn't a rough in the kicker. Sonny Dykes was on them for like 10 yeah. minutes. Herbstreit came back. It's like, look at Sonny Dykes still talking about the punt blade. Uh-huh. It came back to muck us. Yeah, he got it. It yeah, came no. back to muck us You're because right. then the flop that my man uh, threw up, the kicker, now the refs are like, okay, we really got to be watching this because maybe we missed it. And maybe we owe him one. And then it's overshown, too. The fact that I've always believed that on a bruffing the punter, the difference in the size of the punter and the guy that's there, that always matters, I think, to the official deep down. That take it, Somehow that takes over. Yeah. If it's like a skinny gunner, not as much. Right. If Keelan Robinson runs into a punter, not quite the same thing if they think, oh, my God, look. Look at big scary number zero it, yeah. near, near the punter. Oh my God, we have to we have to pay attention. So there's that stuff. Those little mistakes couldn't happen. Now in the end, Texas had more penalties. It was only seven. The penalty thing wasn't as big. It was just at it was the timing of it. The timing of the big plays. TCU found some big plays. Texas obviously didn't. TCU only had two eighty three total yards. Yeah. If I told you at kickoff, say. That TCU wasn't going to have 300 total, and that the number to win the game for Texas was 18. Yeah. How how good would you have felt? How many celebratory uh, sandwiches would you have started making? Oh, we're having a different conversation right now. Mine. We're having a different conversation. If they just would have capitalized like three points, that's unacceptable. And yeah, it, it just I, and I feel for. Terrence Brooks, who had a terrific game because I was nervous when Deshaun Jameson was out for the game for concussion protocol, which happened earlier this week. I was really nervous because we know how this secondary's been. That's been the weak point of this defense. He played his ass off, and after that, DeMarion overshone, roughing the punter. A couple plays later, him and Anthony Cook, just bad miscommunication. You know, and it was all around. Jade Barron, he came in from his nickel spot, and he was stunting on the blitz on that play. And I don't know if that messed up Anthony Cook and Terrence Brooks, because, again, Terrence Brooks doesn't have many reps. That should be Deshaun Jameson right there. Right. So, you know, and again, give kudos to, you know, Garrett Riley and Sonny Dykes because I'd be attacking Terrence Brooks too. Like, uh, Oh, freshman, you got to try, right? You got to. You got to go after Especially it. when he's – Quentin Johnston's guarding him, and in that game, you again, it's only going to be a couple plays. The play where they got him crossed up and got Quentin Johnston wide open in the end zone. Yeah, that's you got to keep picking on yeah. it, and they found that right moment, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my! You know how wide open he was on that play, Zay? My brain <laughs> forgot who was on offense. That's how wide open he was. My brain said, "Is that a pick?" 
Was that a oh, punt? What is he gosh, doing? He was man. he was so alone. I forgot he was off an offensive player. Yeah, and you know, there's so many. I hate to nitpick on the defense because they played such a hell of a game, and it wasn't their fault. But you know, you would think with Deshaun Jameson being out and Quentin Johnston being on that side with a freshman Terrence Brooks. I know just moving anybody around messes up a lot on the defensive side, but that play, maybe you just say, hey, let's have Ryan follow him around, especially in this position. Now they're in to our territory. Let's put Ryan Watts on them and just stick with them because he's made a couple big plays tonight. He clearly didn't look 100% to me. Uh, is there still Who, Watts? No, no, no. Uh, oh, Johnston. Johnston. Yeah, yeah, you're he didn't right. look 100% right. to you're me, right. but he still made certain big plays when they needed to, and that was definitely a big one to give him 20, uh, 17 points. Yeah, so Texas falls 17-10. Also, the Cowboys lose to the Packers. We'll get into that game. We'll tell you about the Supreme Picks update and how Zay and I did on the picks. And don't worry, I know what all of you were thinking. Hey, Chad, you running from your Aggies, man? You don't want to tell oh, 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 oh. Here's what we're going to do in the crap bag today. I'm going to try to make you Longhorn fans feel better by telling you how bad Oklahoma and A&M are right now. We're going to do that in the crap bag. Up next, we got to get to the Cowboys thing and we'll tell you how we did in the picks. There's a lot of therapy to go around today. Stay with Ah. us. Lay down. Get comfortable. Tell us about your relationship with your father and your horns and your Cowboys. This is the horn. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So why didn't you ask me, baby, or didn't you think I could? This may be just what they need today, Zay. This may be this just right. what they need. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Come on now. <sighs> Are there... I don't know what the... Li- there are may-, may be things in this universe cooler than Ray Charles. I just don't know if there are many of them. I don't know how many there are. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just don't know. But musically, as a big music snob... Oh, my God, do I love Ray Charles. Yeah, Ray Charles with a little Blues Brothers. Can't beat that. So good. So good. Yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Uh, Always good to hear from Ray. Rest in peace to Ray. Rest in peace to Ray. Did you like the Jamie Foxx film? I did. You did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. It was good. Like he really drew you in as Ray Charles, not Jamie Foxx trying to play Ray Charles. I was, I would say by about... I'd say half to three. Yeah, about halfway through the movie, I kind of had that moment where I sort of forgot it was Jamie Foxx. I thought they did a good job of of making me believe. What was better, Ray with Jamie Foxx or the James Brown movie with Chadwick Boseman? I still haven't seen it. 
Okay. I have not. I'm a gu- I'm guessing Bozeman did a better job. Yeah, I mean, I'm more of a James Brown guy, so I liked it more. So I feel I like guess. I'm biased. So uh, I thought yeah, it's different. I'm also a huge Johnny Cash guy. Joaquin Phoenix was great as Johnny Cash. Yeah, I didn't go. I didn't get halfway through that movie and think, "Oh man, stop trying to act like Johnny Cash." Like <laughs> right, I, right. you know, I, I bought it. Uh, and I thought the Ray Charles movie was good. It was at times that I mean, they told the story. They told the full story, and they didn't really pull punches. That's kind of what I liked about it. It felt real. Right. And that if you're going to do a good biopic about a complicated artist that didn't have, you know, it wasn't perfect. Every, the, the run wasn't perfect. You better tell the story. Yeah. And they did it with both Ray and Johnny, I thought. Uh, and I'm sure they did it with James Brown. No, James Brown's whole career, that was just real smooth, right? There was no issues. <laughs> <laughs> there was no issues there, right? Yo, did you see him in Rocky Foe? Oh, man, yeah. That's Come true. on now. Yeah, just that one. He I'm, was on something. Yeah. Uh, Ray Charles gets us started today musically. We'll have some more of that. Thank you for the texts that are already rolling in on the Specs text line. 337-3776. This one says 104,000 of us Longhorn faithful in attendance. And Sark put that pathetic product on the field. He ought to be ashamed of himself. <laughs> This says yours is an ongoing experiment never seen before in college football. Lost two years of experience leaving high school early, then sitting at Ohio State. Can't even imagine how many bad habits, not to mention NIL distractions, he has picked up. He is a unique case in terms of the time off and time between and all of that. I really hope UIL has nothing to do with Steve Sarkeesian's decision making. I don't want to get to that because that's NIL. NIL, sorry, NIL. Yeah. I really hope NIL just isn't playing a part of it. You gotta, you can't help but think about it. You just, it's, it's like kind of the NFL. Like you got a starting quarterback that's getting paid so much money, you're gonna ride that out for a long time yeah. until you know you feel like you're not getting your money's worth. And we know how long that could take, depending on the player. Hell, look at Trevor Lawrence. I feel like Trevor Lawrence, he's gonna have plenty of opportunities throughout his career just because of all the hype that he's had coming in and all that people have invested in in him. So I don't – I hope NIL has nothing to do with it, but, hey, we'll never know. This text says, Sark ain't the dude. 11-11 and 11 with all that talent in the Big 12. Ain't the dude. Big 12 isn't a tough conference. I would not necessarily agree with the last part. but yeah, the Big whole, 12's tough, boy. But the 11-11, 11 and 11, man, it, it blinks at you. It is. You, can't be, you just can't be average and coach at Texas. It's, it's not, ultimately, that's not going to work. It's got to turn. And Zay, these numbers we've talked about have to turn. Some of them got worse. His conference record now is at 7-9 and nine at Texas. And in one-score games, he's now 4-9. and nine. At yeah. Texas. Yeah. So That's th- not good. those numbers continue to get worse. Texas falling. Now, they're, it's not done in terms of the Big 12 championship game. We'll figure out all that stuff for you later in the week. They'll maybe you know need tiebreakers or certain teams to lose now. TCU's in. Congrats to Sonny Dykes' crew. They will be at Cherry World to fight for a Big 12 championship. So we've got that part on the Longhorn side. Obviously, there is also the Cowboys side of things. By the way, just to put a little bow on the Longhorn thing, uh, remember Coach Beard tonight with Longhorn Weekly. 7 o'clock, we'll back everything up. 8 o'clock soccer show, 9 o'clock in Sincerious, so we can get that Chris Beard Longhorn Weekly in at 7 since they are playing Gonzaga on Wednesday night. Let's go, fellas. There you go. Big game coming up for that crew. So that's tonight at 7 when Ball Don't Lie is done. But, Zay, we also had the Cowboys yesterday afternoon. Big game with Green Bay. We talked about it last week. You and I gave the proper respect, I thought, to Aaron Rodgers. The proper level of 
fear that could be there for a Cowboys fan with all that he had done to them in the past. I said it all week to people. You could cut him in half as long as it's the upper half and he's still got an arm and a head. That dude is dangerous to the Cowboys. He always has been. So yesterday, the Cowboys end up doing something that they had never done in their history. I I think you probably heard this stat Tuesday. It's going to hurt me to say it. But the Cowboys were 195-0 when they led by 14 or more in the fourth quarter until yesterday. Oh, man. First time it had ever happened to them. I felt good at 28-14, and now I know why. As a Cowboys fan, oh, okay, because in the fourth quarter, they had never given that up. But credit to the Packers. They kept running the ball. They, they, They ultimately did what Texas did not do, what the Longhorns didn't do. They committed to their run game, and it really worked for them, Zay. The Dallas Cowboys, we've said it for a few weeks. Remember how many yards the Bears had against them? I pointed that out right after the game. Yeah. 29 points for the Bears and all the rushing yards. They did get whipped by the Cowboys that day, but that was concerning coming out of that game. I said they couldn't keep doing that. That's kind of what they did yesterday. Yeah, it was concerning, but we didn't trip too much because we were like, okay, this Justin Fields guy, he's special. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anybody besides Lamar Jackson can do what he's doing. Maybe Josh Allen to a certain extent, but we saw what he just did to the Lions, even though they lost. Justin Fields using his legs, that's a different ball club running the football. But yeah, what we saw in Lambeau yesterday was very surprising. I mean, I don't know if the Cowboys were like me and thought Aaron Jones having a tweak ankle and last week's ridiculous performance against the Lions uh, for the Packers was alarming. And they were like, oh, he he ain't going to play. He ain't going to play too hard. And maybe they didn't account for him. Uh, he lit their ass up for 138 yards, 24 carries. A.J. Dillon came back with another 13 carries, 65 yards, combined those over 200. And that's what really just shredded the Cowboys the whole entire game. Aaron Rodgers, hey, if you would have told me he went 14, 14 for 20 mm. on Saturday or last week. I was God. like, oh, Cowboys good. They got the dub. They, they, they controlled the time of possession. Mm. Tony Pollard got mad touches. My man uh, uh, Malik Davis coming in for Zeke. He's got mad touches too. And, yeah, they ran the ball. Dak Prescott didn't have over 30 passes, but – it was the exact opposite of that. Dak Prescott, we talked about it all year. Going to the Cooper Rush games, Cooper Rush wasn't throwing that much. We said, okay, Kellen Moore, when Dak gets back, right. don't get happy throwing the football. Gotta Understand stay. where yeah. you're at. Understand what you know. what's the bread and butter to this offense, and that's utilizing this running backs, and then that opens up the passing game. That allows CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz and Michael Gallup to get their touches and whatnot. But when you start throwing it 46 times and— 46. And, oh, my goodness. That's you, just toxic. Because you know what happens, eh? They got scared. Kellen Moore started believing Jerry's stuff about Zeke, and he wasn't paying attention to the nuance of his own team. When Jerry says— we go as Zeke goes. He's a crazy 80-year-old man that did, needed to keep talking. He didn't mean Zeke. What he needed to say was, this team goes as the running game goes. Yeah. And Zeke is an ingredient of that running game. But yesterday, the interesting part was Malik Davis to me. Five carries and 7.6 a carry. So, 
if you believe in your run game, not Ezekiel Elliott and your run game, if you believe in your run game, you still would stick with that. Dak would have less than 46 throws. Malik Davis has more than five carries, and he and Pollard combined would get where you needed, would get where you needed him to go to protect your defense. But they didn't do that yesterday. That's not the way they looked at it. And it just all kind of fell apart for him. Also, Zay, to the overtime moment, do you kick that field goal? Because a lot of people are talking about that moment. 52-53 uh, with Maher. I don't go for it. Into the wind. Do you let him try it? I don't go for it. Whether you punt or kick the field goal, I, I mean, clearly they didn't have confidence in him to kick the field goal, but punt in that situation because it wasn't like the offense was just rolling at that point. No. Now, look, I, <laughs> I, I, I was screaming at my TV. I screamed at Dak through the TV. I said, he doesn't touch the ball again, he being Aaron Rodgers. As soon as the Cowboys won that toss, I said, okay, Dak, he doesn't touch the ball again. Go score that touchdown. But once it's fourth and five-ish or whatever that was, you got to take a shot at that field goal or, like you said, or bring anger into the game. One of the two. You're either throwing a lawn dart with anger or you're going with that because the Dak Prescott you had seen and the receivers you had seen to that point, to, to what you're saying, Zay, those guys didn't give me that belief. If they had been badasses and the Cowboys had had like 35 by that time or 38 and it was all about them, okay, fine. We'll try fourth and four, fourth and five, but not what I saw. Yeah, I, that was a bad call by Big Mike and Kellen Moore. I just... Yeah, yeah, they just didn't have any momentum at that point, and yeah, I I I would have punted and just said, "Hey, defense, try to get us the ball back. We'll try to go out with a tie, but we already blew the lead of yeah. twenty eight fourteen, allowing fourteen points in the fourth quarter. That's no good. Now you got to I you got to go after that win and yeah. try to kick the field goal. Yeah. And now you got a lot of good running teams. Coming up on the schedule. Yep. And now everybody yep. knows how you beat the Cowboys. Run the football. Mm-hmm. Stick with it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, by the way, on our Supreme Picks last week, we missed that Cowboys pick. Thank goodness, somehow, the Minnesota Vikings oh, what a game. figured out how to win that game. We're going to spend the rest of the week trying to break that one down. We also got the Bama pick right. Bama eventually beat Ole Miss. Even though we went 2-3, and three, Zay, we are still in the lead overall as a team. You and me, 34-16, and 16, that's better than everybody. Right now it is the Chris Waters team in the lead, 118 wins. Then it's Supreme Lending. Then the Horn team, we have 114 as a team. And then the Coke FM team uh, bringing up the rear. Yo. Co- Coke FM this week, you see what happened? They all went 1-4. and four. That's what I'm talking about. See, you get on them about, oh, I don't think it's fair. It's no, no. still weak. It, it is still weak. I, I agree with that. But when it fails for them, it can fail like that, where they all have the same bad record. Like Eric Reigns, I get it, you country. But you're also <laughs> a really good football mind. You're a really good football mind. You can make your own decisions, uh, yes, Eric. Come that, on. That's funny. All right, we do that every week. Shout out to John McClellan, Supreme Lending, and Chris Waters Realty for helping us with those picks. A two and three weeks still keeps us in the lead. We'll try Try to do better. We do that Fridays at 1230. All right, up next in the crap bag, Longhorn fans, I'll try to make feel a little bit better with some OU and Aggie sadness. Somebody texted us earlier, hey, we're bad, but at least we're not Sooner or Aggie bad right now. No, you're not. We'll talk about where those two programs are on the horn.
Oh, look out. It's going to some solo work here. This is Lou Graham, correct? That's right. With Midnight Blue. Herm and all. Dude, Herm it, slash mullet. This song had to piss Foreigner off big time. I always thought, it was a hit? Yeah, I always knew that they probably deep down really hated him for this one. Uh, hopefully they were supportive. It was a big hit, man. I remember when that song hit and that video was always on. Lou's voice was so great, man, That during that run throughout hey. the Foreigner time, solo time. He's a great singer. Hey, One Direction, they can't hate on Harry. No, I wouldn't advise it. Yeah. Because, uh, well, they're all doing their own things too, but I was, still. I was going to say, I wouldn't advise it because one of those dudes just put an album out and my kid flipped out over that. And I got tickets to go see him with her in Houston next year. Oh, wow. So his world tour, I'm not saying it would be happening with or without. I'm just saying the Harry success can't hurt him. Man. Right? He's going on a world tour. Yo, Brett Favre, you got some catching up to do because, Chad, you're doing it right now. Father of the year. Come on. Brett still has time. Hey, and this- it's a long, it's a long end of November, December. He, he still has time. And just wait, this week, Zay, we're trying to lock in officially my kid taking care of me when I die because it's Taylor Swift week. The tickets go on sale Friday. We're crossing fingers. We get in on an early sale. I may need a third or fourth mortgage, but we're going to try to get the kid to Taylor Swift. <laughs> Now, she knows that means Christmas presents and birthday presents. Yeah, that, that's it. For maybe the next five to ten years are covered. <laughs> that's what she knows. We're going to try that this week. 21st birthday. That's hey, it. Uh, you remember when I took you to see Taylor Swift in 2022? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm going to use that. Here's some scotch, though. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that at the wedding in my toast. Hey, I know I didn't get y'all anything, but remember that Taylor Swift deal? Yeah, and drop the mic. All right, so. Yo, that's worth changing diapers. Yes. Exactly. When you get old and gray. Exactly. That's what I'm that's looking for. That's the whole for. nine. That is what I'm hoping for. All right, so Ray Charles and Lou Graham start us off today. We'll get you more of that. Right now, let's try to make Longhorn fans feel better by discussing Sooner and Aggie sadness. Here we go. Chad's Crap Bag. Crap Bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. It is a sad way to look at life. It is a vengeful way to look at life. But for Longhorn fans, which we know many of you are, sometimes it's all you got. So right now, let's take a look at Oklahoma and A&M and what happened over the weekend. Even after the whole Colton Vosick thing, that was a bad week for OU. But then they went to West Virginia, and they lost 23-20. to they are now 5-5. Five and five. They, Got a way to keep your job, Neil. Yeah, they have lost five. That may have done it for him. They have lost now five out of seven. They're 2-5 and five in conference play, and they gave up, well, actually the same thing Texas did, 37 minutes of time of possession in Morgantown for West Virginia. But how about this one, Zay? One for, thir- uh, one for 11 on third down on the road for OU. That is not how you want to travel. I mean, we were one for 13 on third down at home. So, yeah, I can't say much. But, yeah, yeah. So somebody was kind of worse or right about the same. So Oklahoma, five and five. And we beat West Virginia, so. Bedlam's coming up. Now, Oklahoma does still have a chance to go to a bowl game, which is more than we can say for the Texas A&M Aggies. They cannot go to a bowl game officially as of this weekend. A&M lost to Auburn 13-10 in a rousing affair 
at Jordan-Hare if you didn't catch it. Auburn had 55 carries for 270 yards. That's a 4.9-yard average. I would have added up the last three weeks, Zay, but my calculator doesn't go that high. The Aggies just keep giving up yard after yard after yard. Look, if it's run defense, you can't call that. If you if you want to tell me that your kryptonite is run defense, you ain't Superman. Yeah, I'm sorry, you're just not. You think Cadillac Williams, being the former running back that he was, didn't go from six to midnight when he saw those stats that y'all been giving up oh. all year long oh my God. on the ground? He looked at Bigsby and Hunter and said. Man, guys, y'all remind me of how Rodney and I used to run back in the day on these dudes. I said, let's go. Him and Rodney Brown, Calic Williams, exactly. they used to do damage as, you know, two-headed monsters. So I know Auburn doesn't have really much to be hype about. Actually, they got they actually got new facilities, like $60 million worth of new facilities oh, dude, for their football team. So there's, there's money in that country There's now. a lot of Get money ready. going around in Auburn, uh, Alabama. But, yeah, shout-out to Calic Williams and – yeah, the freshman quarterback, he looked like a freshman yeah, we'll, on Saturday. We'll see what Auburn looks like when they play a more real team. A&M does not feel like that right now. Connor Wegman's QBR, 28.2 in Stuff. that in that game. Stuff. And Zay, A&M has now lost six in a row for the first time since, I think I saw this right, 1972. You know what that means? I wasn't alive. Brutal. Literally. Which I mean, that's a long time ago. It is a long time. Thank you so much for calling <laughs> me old. You're right, and that's a long time. I had not been born yet when the Aggies last lost six in a row. And if I wanted to, I could go see A&M play UMass at 11 a.m. this Saturday morning. <laughs> Guess how much, Zay? Guess how much I'd have to pay for the ticket $10, right now? $10. How dare you? It's $24. Oh, man. $24. Drop. We got time. At least the LSU ticket still says I can get them for 100 bucks. At least it's still, but that's for LSU. That's a little different. Yeah, LSU, if everything goes right for them, they could finesse their way somehow, maybe, kind of, I don't know, in the top four. Oh, though, they could, they can, yeah, they could figure out a way there because we now have set officially the SEC title game. It is Georgia-LSU. That is set. They both advanced this weekend to that game. You know what's also a beautiful stat about your Aggies? Oh, please tell me. They're the only team ever to be ranked high at number six in the preseason Uh and not make a bowl game. Are you serious? Yeah. Ever? Ever. Nobody's ever done that? Nobody's ever been that high and not make a a bowl game in the preseason. Okay, now let me let me all let me give you a little extra math as to why that is so sad. Let's walk through this a second. How many games does it take to get to a bowl game? Just six. Correct. How many conference games do you play in the SEC? I don't know, at least eight. It is eight. Yeah. So if you have twelve total games, that means you have four non-conference games. If you schedule even kinda correctly, you're going to get three of those, and then you need three conference games. If you schedule four, you know. beatable teams, then you really only need two. The Aggies non-conference this year, Sam, Appalachian State, Miami, and UMass. (laughs) The UMass game hasn't kicked yet, and they can't make a bowl game. Oh, my bad. It's the last 10 years. Sorry. Last last 10. Last 10. Okay. Think about what that says about how they've played this year and how bad that conference has been, how bad their conference effort has been. If we have not even kicked off, the their November pillow game is coming up this week. 
And they're already out of a bowl game. Yeah, I looked at the SEC schedule down the line. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke. I know we say it every year. Oh yeah, but... you see those? <laughs> now, now come on, didn't you see the three wow. didn't you see the three games they're using to cover it up, including Georgia and Kentucky as a ranked matchup? Oh wow. They threw three conference games in there to distract you from the fact that the other guys are playing Furman. You didn't catch that? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's brilliant SEC stuff. So to me, the if you're gonna if you're gonna in, if you're gonna compliment an SEC team on the high end and say, oh my God, they're an eight or a nine or a ten win team. Boy, isn't that impressive? Well, a I would tell you the non conference helped them get there, and the SEC is helping structure that. But at the bottom end, we have to call it for what it is. If you can't make a bowl game in this version of the SEC, the way they schedule and fix things on schedules and allow things on schedules, that's pathetic. And Jimbo Fisher's got to eat that one right now. Because not making a bowl, and you just said, also being number six and not making a bowl, that's horrible. But just not making a bowl in general, the way they structure things. And you beat Miami, by the way. They beat the toughest team they scheduled, supposedly. (laughs) Appalachian State got them. Maybe Appalachian State's the best of those four. I don't know. And then they, you know, puke on their shoes through conference play and only figured out how to beat Arkansas by that much because a dude missed a kick. And what else? Mm, what's, that, what's, that, what's that other conference win I'm forgetting? Wait, there's not one. <laughs> there's not one. They've only won one conference game. Hey, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Man. We'll take that. We'll so there take you, OU. We'll take all of it. So Longhorn fans, just understand that. There's still an outside chance. You get to go to the Big 12 championship game. It's remote, but it's there. The Aggies aren't going to a bowl game. They've lost six in a row since before I was born. And Oklahoma is 5-5 five and five and just lost Colton Vossick. So there you go. Comparatively, your two biggest rivals are doing worse. I know that doesn't ultimately make it uh, good for you because I know Texas fans. I know deep down it is about you and it is about what's going on and this Longhorn team needs to figure some things out. We'll be talking about that throughout the week and we'll be talking Texas up next with Joe Cook of Inside Texas and On3.com. He was there at the press conference today with Sark. Some interesting comments from Sark trying to figure out what happened and trying to move forward towards the Kansas game. Plus, we do have the kick time for the Baylor game. You'll be sure Shocked to know when it is coming up on the horn.